And welcome to this week's episode of Slasher Street Podcast. My name is Ryan Devlin and thank you so much for joining me once again. This is a horror movie podcast where each week I will be reviewing and discussing in detail a different horror movie from our epic collection here at the house. And on this week's episode, everyone, this is our second ever Rank the Franchise episode. So we're not going to be talking about just one particular movie this week. We're focusing on an entire movie franchise and we're going to be ranking each entry in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise from my favourite, or rather from my least favourite, all the way up to my favourite, all eight entries into this into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Uh, so once again, apologies this episode didn't come last week. I just really wanted to re-watch a couple of entries into the series that I haven't really watched as much of over the past couple of years. Um, a lot of these entries I'm incredibly familiar with. I absolutely love the Texas Chainsaw franchise, which we'll get into in detail. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to re-watch a couple of entries before locking my list down. I kind of had a prelim preliminary list uh, written up and really after watching a few of the entries again this past week ones that I'm not as familiar with uh, the the list hasn't really changed too much I mean my top five has pretty much stayed the same throughout all these years so it's no surprise that none of the uh, ones that I re-watched really broke into that but we're gonna go down it from number eight all the way up to number one uh, and before we do I just wanted to talk a little bit more about the franchise itself and uh, my thoughts in general on the Texas Chainsaw franchise so you can kind of see where I'm coming from now my ranking is of course it's all my personal opinion uh, your ranking is probably totally different there's probably people well I know there's people out there that absolutely despise this franchise and people who think that you know it's it's probably the worst horror franchise out of all the big hitters you know out of all the big hitters You've got things like Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Child's Play, Hellraiser, all that good stuff. And uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is definitely up there. You know, Leatherface is without a doubt one of the most iconic horror villains of all time. But people, for the most part, at least not every entry, people aren't huge fans of this franchise. You know, you have people who are fans, you have people who just despise it. Uh, and that's just the way it is. Now, I've, I've re-watched, actually, I've watched, rather, a few of the ranking uh, videos this past week uh, from quite a lot of the most popular horror YouTubers out there because, you know, it's always good to see what other people's opinions are. And one thing that I noticed when they were talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise is every single list is very, very different. And that's quite a, quite a testament to this franchise and just shows the different tastes that people have in horror. And there's so many different uh, variants to every single movie in this franchise. So one episode, one um, rather movie in this franchise that would appeal to some people, people absolutely detest and another people would love and another someone would detest. It's such a crazy franchise um, due to mainly the lack of continuity. But yeah, as I said... Uh, uh, I've watched uh, quite a few of these uh, ranking videos, and one thing I did enjoy, thought it was a, quite a testament in a way to the franchise, was that no list was the same. 
which is really how it should be for people of different tastes. But when you think about it, generally when you watch these horror franchise lists, you know, you could watch a Nightmare on Elm Street list, for example, and we did one uh, probably a few months ago now on the podcast. God, it's crazy how how time has flown by so quickly while we've all been locked down. But yeah, I mean, usually when you talk about, say, a Nightmare on Elm Street, pretty much everybody's top two, or for the most part, is the original and Dream Warriors, because those are two of the best films, really, two of the best horror films ever made, uh, especially two of the best two in that franchise. So, for the most part, when you're watching those ranking videos for that franchise, those are your top two. Similar with things like Halloween, for the most part, it's the original, um, and then sometimes number four creeps in, sometimes number two creeps in. Uh, same with Friday the 13th, it's usually number four, um number two or number six there's kind of no middle ground there those are usually people's top ones whereas i've seen ranking videos for the texas chainsaw where some people's number one is people's uh last one you know the worst film and some people's uh you know where some film that is way down the bottom of some people's ranking is way up the top so it's just it's just a, a a crazy franchise like that but as i said i think that is really down to the sheer lack of continuity in this franchise and how different every single entry is i mean you've got the original which is one of the greatest horror movies ever made but then that was followed up by Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which, although it has the same characters as the original, the feel of the movie is totally different. It's crazy. And this franchise has had so many reboots. It's had so many prequels, remakes. I mean, you had the original, then you had a sequel to the original. Then you had a third entry, which isn't really a sequel to number two, but it's called part three, which is just insane. It's kind of like a, a soft reboot itself. Then you have part four, which is without a doubt not connected to any of the events of the other three, even though it's... Is it called part four? I think it's called part four. The next generation, whatever. Then you have the remakes, which are their own separate thing. Then you have a prequel to that rem... You have a prequel to the remake. Then you have a sequel to the original. Then you have a prequel to the original. It's all... The timeline is all over the place. And actually, I saw... an article online this week, or was it last week? It was one of the two. And uh, there was people were saying that they're going to reboot the franchise again and remake it. Really, if one thing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise doesn't need right now is another remake or another reboot, I think they should really slam the brakes on this one. You know, after Leatherface 2017, slam the brakes on for at least 10 years Get the fan base back together. Let everyone just appreciate, especially the original four movies, because I feel like with the remakes that have came out, the sequel to the original Texas Chainsaw, then a prequel, the timeline is all over the place. So people really need to just settle down, appreciate the movies that are in the in the series at the moment, really re-watch those ones, and then maybe in 10 years' time, maybe do something with the franchise. But right now, I just think, you know, we had a film in 2013, we had a film in 2017, neither of which were really connected. So there isn't really any need to do something else completely off-kilter with this franchise, in my opinion. In my opinion, they should do like a really nice box set, uh, re, you know, re 
uh, re-bring out, if that was the way, you know, re-release uh, some of the more one, the ones that you don't really hear of, like say the next generation. Give that a 4K remaster or something, and put it all in a nice box set and get people similar to how they're just done with the um, with the Friday the 13th ones and the Nightmare on Elm Street ones. Put it and they did it with uh, the Chucky movies. Put it all in a nice Blu-ray collection that people can buy. Loads of special features, all that good stuff. Uh, and then get people more interested in this franchise again. And then maybe even bring out a game, you know, or a, or a novelization series, bring out a comic series. Do something a bit different. Don't bring out another movie, but that's just my opinion. Just get people, you know, more excited about the franchise in other ways. At least that is my opinion. Uh, look, we ramble it on before I've even got to the ranking. So I say, I am a big fan of the Texas Chainsaw franchise, and uh, for the most part, as I say, although I'm probably going to slag off one or two entries into the series, I can sit down, put on any of these movies, which is kind of a good thing in the fact that they don't really, you don't really need to watch you know, the original or part two to watch part four or so on. You know, you can generally stick any of these on in any order and you would probably know what's happening. You would get the gist of what's happening anyway. And um, yeah, I mean, as I say, I'm a big fan of the franchise. So for the most part, I enjoy all the movies in this in this series, uh, but which I know is something a bit strange to hear because a lot of people probably don't. But I'm rambling on, completely rambling on here about uh, about the franchise in general. So let's just get into it. Let's talk Texas Chainsaw. Uh, and I'd like to say, just a caveat that, again, this is my own personal opinions. Your list is probably completely different to mine. Um, I generally enjoy all the entries into the franchise in their own way. But we'll, we'll you know, as I will go through, you'll see my opinion and you'll see my reasons for why everything is uh, ranked in the way it was. So, let's kick this off. This ranking, we're going to do, there's eight entries into this franchise. So, at number eight, my least favourite in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise is Texas Chainsaw 3D. The 2013 direct sequel to the 1974 classic. Now, I know this probably doesn't come as much of a shock to most people. This is probably at the bottom of quite a few lists, but not everyone's list. I watched a list today, and this came in at number two. So again, it just shows how different everyone's opinion is on this franchise. But coming in at number eight for me, it's Texas Chainsaw 3D. Um, purely because I didn't think this movie needed to be made at all. We just came off the... Um, the remakes, you know, not too long before this came out. Uh, the remakes were a huge success and great movies. So did we really need a direct sequel to the original one, the 1974 one? Not really. And I think that probably confused audiences more than anything because people were probably like, oh, is this a sequel to the one that just came out? No, this is a sequel to the one in 1974. However, this movie ignores all events of the other sequels. But as we'll discover, it doesn't really that doesn't really mean much. <laughs> doesn't really mean much anyway. Um, but for me, this movie is 50-50. I've probably seen this movie five times now. And this was a, one of the films that I re-watched over the last week because I couldn't really remember 
much about it, to be honest with you. So I rewatched it and I thought, and I'd seen, lo- obviously, this mostly hated in the horror community. And I, re-wanted, I wanted to rewatch this movie just to think to myself, because I am quite an optimist, as you've probably seen, or probably heard rather, on this podcast. I'm a huge optimist. And I like to enjoy things. <laughs> I hate to shit on things. So I kind of went into this with a real open mind, thinking, I definitely knew it wasn't going to break into the top five. But I thought maybe it's going to push itself up a few places. And uh, I went into it with a complete open mind. And i got to be honest with you, the, f- the opening of this movie, uh, I absolutely love. The first probably 45 minutes of this movie, I, re- I was so into it. I really, really loved it. The opening of the movie itself, the recreation of the, of the original house, um, quickly going through the events of the original movie, all that stuff. And we got to see kind of an aftermath of what happened from those events. You know, we had Bill Moseley come in, who played a big part in the 80s in Texas Chainsaw 2. He was brought in to play Drayton Sawyer, even though he didn't really look anything like Drayton Sawyer and wasn't really wearing any clothes that resembled what Drayton Sawyer would wear in the movies. Uh, yeah, but anything with Bill Moseley in, I enjoy. Uh, he did a pretty good job as as Drayton Sawyer. You know, I enjoyed the cameo from Gunnar Hansen and uh, how he was making funny of leather, making fun rather of a leather face which is obviously the character that he played in the 74 original. But I just didn't really, I didn't really get where all his family members came from. I was like, this is a direct sequel to the original. We saw Grandpa in the background, but there seemed to be like seven or eight family members more in the house and a kid. And I was like, what? If you rewatch the 74 classic, like no reference to any of these things in there. But anyway, um, I love the shootout. I love all that good stuff. Um... The timeline of this movie is kind of messed up because it's meant to be from 1974 and then we kind of fast forward what we what looks like maybe 21 years, maybe 25 years at an absolute push, which would put us into kind of 1990, between 95 and, 90, and 1999. Or, yeah, no, 89, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, my maths. Um, so... But again, the technology that's in this movie is kind of modern day technology with iPhones and things like that. So it's not really set in the 90s. It's it's such a messed up timeline. And they could have done literally anything at all with this movie apart from the direction it went in eventually. Because, I mean, some of the kills are actually pretty decent. You know, the guy gets his legs his legs cut off uh, by Leatherface. Like I say, the first 40 minutes, I actually really dig. I really enjoy. But I absolutely... And to be honest with you, I was thinking about 40 minutes in, I was like, this movie can't... This movie's not as bad as I remember. I'm actually pretty much enjoying this. I love the recreation. I love Bill Moseley. I love Gunnar Hansen. I love the shootout. I love how they burned the farm down. I enjoyed all of that good stuff. I enjoyed them getting to the to the mansion and the policeman getting involved and Leatherface at that point in time chomping his legs. I thought, damn, what's all the hate for? And then... It goes drastically downhill very, very quickly to the point where I finished the movie with a headache. I was just like, I hate that ending. What possessed them to go down this route where obviously this girl was an original member of the Sawyer family and then, you know, she, her friends get cut up with a chainsaw and butchered by Leatherface who who really, when we look at the timeline, must be in his 60s at this point. 
at least in his 60s, and we'll get to the timeline in a bit more detail in a bit, but yeah, Leatherface is pretty much in his 60s here, maybe even older. And um, the whole thing of, I'm a Sawyer, you know, she's in the back of, you don't know who I am, I'm a Sawyer. Oh, it's the most cringy thing ever. And then they turn Leatherface into this Stone Cold Steve Austin anti-hero. He kind of comes in and saves the day. And oh my goodness, like, I was like, how could you fuck up 40 minutes of a movie so badly? And they just did. I And then the, the probably the worst line ever uttered in a horror movie ever. Do your thing, cuz. Oh my god, I hate the ending to this movie so much. And the ending makes no sense whatsoever. The police officer, yes, the, there was that one bad police officer and uh, Leatherface, you know, gets him and but the kind of the good police officer, the, the coloured guy who was like cool from, he was at the original scene and he's there now and he's super cool, he's completely good guy cop, he just lets them go? And you're like, what? Let them go to their mansion and live their life? This, this guy killed five people earlier in the movie. Maybe more, and obviously so many more over the years. I'm just going to let him go. I just honestly hated, hate the end of this movie. And that is why it is at the bottom of my list. I, yeah, I've gone on too, too long, but number eight, Texas Chainsaw 3D. I love the first kind of half hour, 40 minutes. The ending of this movie, I fucking despise with such a passion, as you can probably tell. And that's why it's number two. Number eight, rather. <laughs> the the worst... Number two, what am I saying? Uh, number eight, the worst film in the Texas Chainsaw franchise. So, coming in at number seven is Leatherface, the 2017 prequel. Now, again, this actually comes with a bit of a caveat because... This one and the one that I placed at number six are joint in this place. So really, this is joint sixth. But And it was really difficult to decide which one I would put at seventh. And I just thought, which do I get more enjoyment out of? And the one who came in at number six edged it probably by a little bit. So, But in terms of like my overall thoughts on the movies, they're pretty equal in terms of how I would rank them. But this one just fell slightly too short. So, coming in at number seven, we have Leatherface, the 2017 prequel. Now, again, a bit of a caveat to this one. I've only seen this movie three times, if that. Maybe even twice. You know, I watched it when it came out in 2017. I rewatched it a couple of days ago, and I've had the DVD for a little while and rewatched it a little when I got it originally. Um,. It's not that it's bad at, by any stretch of the imagination. It's not a bad movie at all. But it doesn't really feel at all like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre f film. And it certainly doesn't feel like a prequel to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is what this is trying to be. It has references to Drayton Sawyer. Well, it doesn't have references. The characters are there. The younger versions of the characters are there. Drayton Sawyer, Nubbin Sawyer, who is the hitchhiker... They're all there, but the overall feel of the movie does not feel like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, uh, movie whatsoever. Um, there's just so much more, in my opinion, they could have done with this, and I just don't understand how 
they came up with this story to explore Leatherface's childhood and, you know, how he became Leatherface. I just don't really get... Obviously, they get to that point where he becomes Leatherface, but this feel this story to me does not feel like how the character that we know from the 1974 movie became who he was by any stretch of the imagination don't care what you say it just doesn't feel like it even the earlier scenes and the later scenes which are all based in the sawyer family house still don't feel like texas chainsaw you know scenes they you know if you take out the name sawyer like the take out the characters and how he became Leatherface, you would just have like a standard horror movie. A pretty decent one, but not really a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, movie at all. Obviously, the big thing in this movie that a lot of people have problems with, and I have a big, big problem with it, is the whole bait and switch in this. Now, obviously, I'm going into major spoilers here. If you haven't watch this movie don't listen any further this whole this whole thing is going to have spoilers if you haven't already guessed (laughs) but they make you believe that bud who is the kind of the big burly guy he actually looks like leatherface like and he is strong as hell same as leatherface he actually has that build of like a child leatherface throughout the whole movie they kind of make you believe that that is the leatherface and then obviously he gets shot and then out of nowhere we kind of realise, oh shit, no, he's not Leatherface, which means it must be him. And it's the good, the normal and nice guy, Jackson. And that is the big issue here, because I do not buy for one minute that the guy who plays, you know, Jedediah Sawyer, the guy who plays Leatherface in this movie, is the who goes on to become Leatherface. Now, this movie is set in 1955. So it's set 19 years before the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I can kind of give them a little bit of leeway on that. Because a person can change a hell of a lot in 19 years. And, you know, I think of what I looked like 10 years ago. And what I look like now. I don't even look like the same person. So what I'm going to look like in another 9 years, I might look even further away from the person I was 10 years ago. Which would have been 19 years. So I can kind of see how you can get away with it to an extent. But the character that we see and the character that we follow on this journey, the way he acts, doesn't re- and it doesn't really, for me, it's not believable that he would end up being Leatherface. And the whole switch, like, he switches like that. Like, instantly switches. He sees Bud get shot and then within a second he's leather leather faced to an extent he is psycho from that moment on there isn't really any build to that point and they did it for the sake of shocking people's sake and for the sake of people going oh so he's leather faced but it didn't really have that effect people just kind of went huh he's leather faced and it's only effective on the first on the first time you watch it and that's the problem with this kind of movie the way they built this up, it's only effective the first time you watch it. And even then, it's not really that effective because you're because you're like, well, eh? Is he? Is he Leatherface? Doesn't really it doesn't really do it for me, I'll be honest. The last ten minutes of this movie are 
Really good, though. I really enjoyed the last 10 minutes of this movie. And to be honest with you, that's how the film should have been the whole way, uh, the whole way through. We seem to get seven, what felt like 70 minutes of someone just dangling a carrot in front of you saying, oh, this guy's Leatherface, this guy's Leatherface, and then bang, this is the direction we're going in. Here's 10 more minutes of a good movie, but we've only going to give you 10 minutes of that. The whole movie doesn't feel like Texas Chainsaw, I'd say. It feels more like the Devil's Rejects. It has, like, the bent police person again. It has, you know, the people on the run from the police. You have kind of the Sherry Moon knockoff. You have um, the... Uh, you kind of have the Bill Mosley almost knockoff as well. You have these different characters. They have a hostage. Oh, it's... I actually think they should have probably gave Rob Zombie this movie. Now, yes, he was doing his own thing. He was filming Three from Hell at this point in time. But I think the Texas Chain... As I said in a previous episode, Rob Zombie would do really well with the Texas Chainsaw franchise, in my opinion, because it's his kind of territory. It's that murky, grim style of shooting uh 16 millimeter camera vulgar language gorga law it is rob zombie territory so i'm surprised he hasn't been given the reins to to this franchise because to be honest he would be more suited to this franchise than he would have been halloween and i actually enjoyed his entries in the halloween franchise so i would be really interested to see what he would do in this series but uh, i think he would have done a much better job in this now i'd say it's not a bad movie I can sit down and enjoy it for what it is. There's some pretty good kills, pretty good scenes, some good tension. It's really well shot. But the whole story is supposed to be a prequel to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre and how Leatherface became Leatherface. And how that's portrayed on film doesn't come across like it should, in my opinion. There's just, it's not believable that this is how Leatherface became Leatherface, but hey, you know. And again, just talking about the timeline real quick. In this movie, Jedediah Sawyer in 1955 is, I believe, around 18 years old. This is fine. So, if he's 18 years old in this, then he is 39, no, 37 in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, which is believable, you know, and then, but that would mean in the Texas Chainsaw 3D, which is set at least 20 to 25 years in the future, that he's in his 60s. So, I just thought, it doesn't really make any difference, I suppose, but hey, I just thought that would be something I would throw in there. A little bit of timeline of roughly the age of Leatherface. But anyway, number seven, 2017 prequel, Leatherface. So coming at number six, we have Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3, Leatherface. So this guy, <laughs> this movie's called Leatherface, and so is the one that had just been. It's called Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3. This for me, uh, as I say, this is, a, from this moment on, I can enjoy all these. I really enjoy these movies. I really enjoy them going forward. But So this movie pretty much ignores the events of the first two movies. I don't care what anybody says, this is not a sequel to the first one, and it's definitely not a sequel to the second one, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, this one's probably the one I've seen kind of third least, you know, as you've probably gathered here. Uh, I own the X-rated version of this DVD, but I don't really know what's so X-rated about it, because I haven't actually... When I put the DVD in, it gives you the option. You can either watch the uh, 
the kind of theatrical version i think it is or you can watch the x-rated version and i watched the x-rated version obviously and i don't really know why it's got an x rating because nothing in there is anywhere near as gruesome as some of the things in some of the other entries into the franchise uh, it's actually pretty tame this movie um there's some pretty decent kills but for the most part it's actually pretty tame uh, and it but it, i enjoy this movie it's a decent flick i love me some ken free i love ken free dawn of the dead keenan and kel devil's rejects the guy really is an icon in his own right and uh, he is fantastic in this movie um he play i can't even remember the character he plays oh dear god but he is really solid in this movie anytime i watch a film that stars or even has ken free in i'm just like yeah i'm sold he is fucking fantastic uh we also have vigo mortson in this movie which is like he plays tex sawyer and he's obviously a huge star in the lord of the rings franchise what i really enjoy about these movies is they have really famous people in them which is just crazy to think you know you have dennis hopper in part two you have vegan mortison in this one and in the next generation you have um matthew mcconaughey renee zellweger um obviously jessica beale in the remake who's a big star as well so these films have big names in kind of before they turn into big big stars uh but yeah i think both those guys are absolutely incredible and his tech sawyer is a fantastic character so for me this feels like a reboot of the series because it kind of has that whole thing at the start where you it kind of says the events of the they're unrelated events so were they i i just i get confused with the whole thing because i'm like well what were they then they weren't connected to this family this is the sawyer family are these cousins of that family who also have a version of their version of Leatherface. Because this version of Leatherface is very, very different to the ones in the original and the ones in part two. Uh, the one in part one and two obviously have Gunnar Hansen and Bill Johnson. And although they are two different actors portraying the same character, for the most part, you believe that that's the same character and it's you, you can follow that on. Um, although they look slightly different, you know, the guy wears different faces, so obviously they look slightly different. But for the most part, you think that's the same the same guy, the same character. Whereas in this one, Leatherface is a bit more square. He's got more like of a, a zombie face to him. I don't know if that makes sense, but more of a kind of Walking Dead style zombie face, like greeny colours and things like that. Whereas in the original, it's kind of more browny grey colours. Um... So he's just very, very different to more burly and, you know, I say square. Very, very different to the original two, which makes me think it's a different Leatherface. But this is a different Sawyer family as well. You know, we have Tex and a few other ones that we see in this movie. It's very different and totally doesn't even reference, from what I can gather, anything from the previous two and any of the characters in the previous two. Well, for me, this is not a sequel. It's a reboot. And that's the thing. Can you really call yourself part three if you're not a sequel? You know, you'd probably have been better to just call it Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or whatever, you know, I don't know. I'll just call it Leatherface. Little did they know in the future someone would come and do a prequel. But yeah, if they just called it Leatherface, that might have been slightly better. Everyone can see it's the third entry in the series. 
I don't know. Um, you know, Stretch makes an appearance in this film as well from part two. So this again makes me think that this isn't... Con- it's connected. It's the same world. Obviously, it's the world. But Stretch in part two, she obviously makes reference to the fact that she wants to be a reporter. She wants to be on the news. She wants to be an anchor. And she kind of gets her wish in this movie. But no way is it the same version of the character. It's Caroline Williams and she plays Stretch. She's credited as playing Stretch. But I just think it's a totally different character in an alternative universe. Um, but it's kind of cool seeing her back again, especially after how good she is in part two. So as a standalone movie, this is a very enjoyable entry for me. There's some great acting. I say Viggo Mortensen, Ken Faree, fucking amazing. Love them both. Great cast. But in the pack of in the pack of all of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, it's probably one of the more forgettable ones. Even the ones that came lower down on this list, Leatherface and Texas Chainsaw 3D, for the most part, those are probably more um, memorable to the general public. You know, there isn't really many people who go, oh yeah, you know, Leatherface with Ken Faree Part 3 is the one I always go and watch. Not really. Um, But for the most part, it's a really enjoyable flick and I I stick it on now and again. Not too often. Maybe it's probably a once every two year kind of movie for me. Probably not even that. Maybe three years. But when I do watch it, I usually have a great time. And I like the two different endings to this as well. So coming at number six, the Texas Chainsaw... Part 3, Leatherface. So coming in at number 5 is one movie that many people would have at the very bottom of their list. And that is The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Now, I don't really get the hate that much for this movie. I love this movie in its own way. It's not, by all means, you know... I'm not saying this is a good movie. It's not a very good movie whatsoever, really. You know, the story doesn't make any sense. The What it does to certain characters. It's not a great movie. But it's just one of those guilty pleasures of mine that I just love to stick on. And I get a real... I'm one of the ones who get a real kick out of this movie. So it's a real guilty pleasure for me. So I'm putting it number five on the list. You know, pretty much almost slap bang in the middle Now, I'm going to address this now, my opinion on this. Leatherface as a transvestite in this movie. Let's get my opinion out there right now. I also do not understand the hate that people spew about Leatherface in this movie. Yes, he's not as strong and intimidating as he has been in the previous three movies. However... To be like shocked and almost like they killed the Leatherface character by making him a transvestite. It's like the guy cuts off people's faces and wears them. In the original movie, he wears lipstick and makeup. He's wearing a woman's face. Yes, he's not wearing a dress. But really, the guy's wearing a woman's face and he wears the masks because he hates his face. He hates how his face looks. All his life he's been called ugly and he's messed up and he's got teeth missing. You know, he's not a good looking guy. So he wears people's faces to make himself feel more comfortable. So it's not really that far of a stretch to think that he would wear a woman's face and dress up as a woman. I just don't understand the hate towards that. I understand how people 
think the character's not very strong and almost baby-like in this movie. I don't really like that. I don't like the whole scene at the dinner table where the um, Renee Zellweger character... Is it Renee Zellweger's character? Um, who kind of tells him to sit down and he's like, Ooh! You know, he does all that, he sits down. I don't enjoy that. Yeah, I understand that hate towards that. But in terms of people who hate the fact that there's a transvestite and a woman in this movie, I honestly do not get the hate for that whatsoever. I absolutely... I just think that's... I think that's really a um, an extension to the character that we already know. And it's quite ballsy that they would explore that side of his personality. It's briefly explored in the original, which obviously everyone says is the classic, it's the masterpiece. So to do it in this movie, and people hate it, I'm like, well, it's kind of the next logical step in the character, maybe? That's just kind of my opinion. That's my opinion anyway on that. Um... Matthew McConaughey is absolutely outstanding in this movie. Obviously, Matthew McConaughey pretty much saves this movie. The reason that I enjoy this movie so much is because of him, because of Matthew McConaughey. He is fucking phenomenal in this movie, and I'm not going to bullshit you or, you know, step around this in any way, shape, or form. In my personal opinion, take that for what it is, Matthew McConaughey should have won an Oscar in this movie. He didn't. The movie was made for like $200,000. It was really low budget. Um, but this was like his first motion, his first big movie. And you can tell like how good he is compared to how mediocre everybody else is in the movie, in my opinion. You know, even Renee Zellweg is not that good in this movie and she's a huge Hollywood star. But Matthew McConaughey really carries this movie on his back and his performance is such a physical performance it's absolutely incredible and he's the main villain don't get don't get confused here leatherface is not the main villain or the main killer but if you think back of that i actually drayton sawyer's probably the main villain in the first one chop top's probably the main villain in the second one with drayton sawyer Tex is kind of the main villain with Leatherface in the third one. So in this one, you know, he's not the main villain whatsoever, but he probably hasn't been too much in all the others. He's kind of just this kid who just kind of goes along with it. That's kind of the sad reality of the Leatherface character. But yeah, for the most part, Leatherface is just a background character in this movie. Um, and I think he only kills like one or two people. I think it's like a ten people die in this movie or something along those lines. And I think Leatherface only kills two of them, and that's the old couple at the very end of the movie. Um, but this ki- and and um, Matthew McConaughey, who's obviously plays Vilma, is he kills like half a dozen. He's like fantastic. Um, another thing is this movie is kind of, in my opinion, it's not anything to do with the rest of the series. This movie is crazy. It's got a crazy feel to it. Um, you know. It, it, it's uh, they're called the Slaughter family in this movie, not the Sawyer family, so have completely gone away. Obviously, in the remakes, they're called something else as well, but in this one, they're called the Slaughter family, which is kind of so over the top. They're not cannibals, really, in this movie. It's all about they're working for the, like, the Illuminati and the secret agent club who want to strike fear into people. It's totally messed up, totally different to the original ones. Um, but I actually um, enjoy how ballsy this movie was. Obviously, it's got low budget and i would hazard a guess to say that most people even horror fans probably haven't even seen this movie probably just seen that it's at the bottom of people's lists but i would definitely implore you to go and check this movie out because 
if you're a fan of like most of the uh, movies in this franchise you'll be a fan of this movie in its own weird way also as i said i think i said in my review of texas chainsaw massacre 2 this is actually the first movie where matthew mcconaughey and it pulls out his now iconic catchphrase all right all right all right and that's brilliant as well knocks and it's at the dinner scene one of the dinner scenes he boots down the door and he goes all right all right all right and it's like yes matthew mcconaughey honestly if you haven't seen this movie do yourself a favor and go and watch it you're either gonna love it or hate it i don't think there's gonna be a middle ground where you're like nah, that was okay you're probably going to go, what the fuck was that? But no one's just going to say, no, nah, that's okay. You're all going to have a strong opinion on this movie. Whichever way you go, you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. I personally love it. Um, so that's why it's here at number five on my list. Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the next generation. So coming at number four is Texas Chainsaw Massacre the beginning which is the prequel to the remake now the remake series for me is absolutely incredible so i'm not going to talk too much about the prequel series in this bit i'm going to kind of talk more about that in the when we get to the actual remake itself but this is a great prequel to the remake um it's it gives a great explanation as to how leatherface you know became leatherface and how the family became who they are and their motives behind what they did in the remake um they you know they're all messed up from the factory closing they decided that they can't afford food so they're going to eat people and you know you can kind of understand where they're coming from i mean not the fact that you're going to do it but you know all these kind of i mean no questions were left unanswered in the in the remake it was a pretty round movie in the remake but any questions that anyone did have or kind of thought, oh, I wonder how this happened, I wonder how this happened, uh, answered wholeheartedly in this one. So how Leatherface, you know, got, you know, got an actual face, you know, the, how he got his uh, face mask, rather. You know, you kind of understand how, how um, Hoyt became the sheriff, you know, how uh, the old guy, the grandpa loses his legs you see all that and it is a really good story about these two brothers who one who wants to find vietnam one who doesn't they end up getting caught up in the whole uh hewitt family you know they're called the hewitt family in the in the in the sequels it's just a really damn good film really enjoyable you've got to obviously watch the original remake the the first remake before watching this one but uh, to really i think get the the whole they get the real feel of what it's trying to say um but it's dirty it's raw the gore and the kills are fantastic throughout great acting um and yeah i just think like i said i don't want to speak too much about the actors but we're going to get that to that when we get to the to the actual remake but i can't really say enough good things for a prequel to a remake man this is how it's done this is how it's done and uh, but we're going to get to more of my opinions on the remake as we get there so coming at number four texas chainsaw massacre the beginning so coming at number three and this is going to be a bit of a surprise to a lot of people but hey i can't stress enough right now this is my personal opinion on what's already a pretty messed up franchise so you know take this for what you will but number three in my ranking is the original 1974 classic 
the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, I say it's probably a little bit controversial to put this at number three, but it's my own personal opinion. And just because it's at number three doesn't mean it's not a great movie. This is a damn great movie. No, nay, this is a masterpiece. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a fucking masterpiece. The name alone, when this came out in 1974, this came out before any of the kind of more shocking movies such as I Spit on Your Grave, Last House on the Left, um, you know, some of the sh- oh, there's a lot of shit that came out that time, but it was before Halloween, it was before all of these, the original horror icon slasher movie the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the name alone, if you were living in 1974, the world is ruled by censorship and all this bullshit and movies out there, you know, just horror is just starting to pick up a little bit and there's a movie out there called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre and you know from that name alone what you're getting into. You're going to see a Chainsaw Massacre in Texas. Now, the crazy thing about this movie is there's no gore in it whatsoever. Very much like the original Halloween, there's no gore. And people like, I think it's all, and that's the great thing about this movie. Now, people have their own different opinions on this. People like, oh, you know, people only like this movie, you know, because of nostalgia and the fact that it's classed as a classic. But no, I genuinely think this movie is still terrifying. I saw this movie when I was probably seven or eight years old, maybe nine nine years old, it was around that kind of time, and it terrified me. Even though there was no gore, just the way it's shot, it's so real, it's so raw, it's so dirty. The the things these actors and the and the whole crew and cast went through to make this film is just extraordinary. The conditions they work through, it feels like the way I'm doing this podcast right now in my kitchen, it is a hundred degrees in here. Well, that's what it felt like. I'm sweating. <laughs> that's what it felt like when they were filming the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but times that by a hundred in the sweaty Texas heat. God, they went through hell to make this movie. And uh, how this movie must have shocked the world, which as it did, you know, it was depicted as real events. And in 19... I'm not saying people in 1974 weren't really with it, but they were probably more prone to believe something that's on the screen. Obviously now we've had all these films come out over the over the past few decades, past load of decades, that are depicted by true events. And we all know that's complete bullshit. You know, it's not true whatsoever. Um... But people in 1974 didn't know that. And the way it's shot, it's almost shot like a documentary. Um, it's set like a film, obviously, but it feels like you're watching a documentary. There isn't really much much, mu- much music going on. It's kind of that uh, that classic uh, camera flash sound, the, 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 cage rat- the cage rattling sound. It's, oh, it's so grim. It's so grimy. It's dirty. Oh, I just love it. Uh, obviously, the first marketable slasher movie really out there, you know, the first masked slasher villain in Leatherface, obviously goes on to become a pop culture icon. And to the fact that, to the fact right now that most people who would know who Leatherface is, you would show someone a picture, uh, even if they had never seen 
the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or any of the movies in this franchise, you show them a picture of Leatherface, they know that's Leatherface. Now, that's incredible. That's good marketing right there. Um, so, where are we here? So, I say the movie itself sparked a new generation of horror movies. Uh, it's one of the most ballsy movies ever. I mean, the whole thing... The fact that this movie was created almost 50 years ago... We're coming up to the 50th anniversary, almost, of this movie. And people are still talking about it to this day. It's still a masterpiece to this day. It's still scary. It's still unnerving to this day. And there's a lot of movies around that time that came out that cannot say the same thing. This movie, for a low-budget movie, was made for like $30,000 has stood the test of time, and almost 50 years later, a lifetime later, we're still talking about it. And it's still one of the best horror movies ever made, which is just incredible. Uh, as I say, it had no gore. For the fact it had no gore, it didn't... I kind of went off on a total tangent there. When no had no gore, no blood, but it's implied. And the mental side of that to what people are watching, they see the blood... You know, I know people who are like, oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's one of the most gory movies of all time. There's no blood. There's no gore. You see nothing. It's all implied. And that is the masterpiece that it is. And if you told someone who were like, Texas Chainsaw, ugh, there's no gore, there's no blood, they would think you're joking. But if you sat them down and watched that movie, you would not see a drop of blood. Not one drop. And that... It's all implied. And that just shows you don't need gore to make a good movie because this damn thing still holds up to this day. Uh, One of the only things I don't like about this movie is good old Franklin. But I think that's kind of universal. I think that's a universal opinion that he is one of the worst characters in the history of horror movies. I fucking despise Franklin. Uh, And luckily he gets messed up with a chainsaw uh, through the stomach later in the movie. But uh, but I say it's all that whole thing. I don't believe for a second that this is a prequel to that Texas Chainsaw 3D. I definitely don't believe that the other phase that came out in 2017 is a prequel to this. I just do not get it whatsoever. But anyway, uh, Jim Seidel, obviously he is incredible in this movie. One of the best performances in a horror movie of all time. I just love this movie. And uh, you're kind of thinking, well, you can't live with that much. It's number three. But really, my top three are equal to each other. I just want to throw that out there right now, that these movies are pretty much equal to each other. But in terms of which ones I watch more and which ones I get more enjoyment out of, I still get more enjoyment out of the next two. But that's not denying that this movie is an absolute masterpiece, absolute classic. So coming at number three, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original 1974 classic so that leaves us with two movies left we have texas chainsaw massacre part two texas chainsaw massacre the remake so coming at number two is texas chainsaw massacre the 2003 remake now i just wanted i didn't really talk too much about the beginning because i really wanted to get my opinion out there on this movie now This, for me, is the greatest horror remake ever created. This, uh, let me just get this out there. 
There will never, ever, ever be another remake created from now until the end of time in horror or anything else that is as good as this remake. And let me tell you why. They completely reimagined this franchise without really changing the key aspects that made the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre a masterpiece. They still had the the way it was shot was grimy as hell. The the house is different to the one that's in the original, which I enjoyed. It had its own spin on it. They gave the family a new a new name, but there's a lot of fan service in this. The way they portray Leatherface in this is absolutely perfect. He is terrifying. Uh, and he, you know, they and the ending to this movie is incredible as well. There's no Drayton Sawyer, there isn't a hitchhiker, there's no nubbins, there's none of that. It's completely reimagined, but it feels like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, and that takes a lot of doing. I think Andrew Briansky, who plays Leatherface in this movie, is the best Leatherface, the best portrayal of this character in any of the movies and that takes a lot to say because Gunnar Hansen obviously is a horror icon Bill Johnson is a horror icon I couldn't tell you who portrayed him apart from those three people but it doesn't matter because those three people for me are the best portrayals of Leatherface and Andrew Briansky who is the Leatherface in this and he plays Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning his portrayal is absolutely incredible and as a side note i'm hopefully i'm not holding out much hope but you never know it's f- still five months away i am hopefully going to be meeting andrew briansky or brianarski however you want to pronounce it brianarski briansky uh in october at the for the love of horror convention i'm really excited he's doing a photo shoot as himself and he's doing a photo shoot in his leatherface costume and i think it's the first time he's ever doing it in costume in this country in the uk so of course i'm going to do that uh, because he is my favorite leatherface i think he's absolutely incredible um so i'm really looking forward to that if it all goes ahead obviously with all this shit that we're going through at the moment um rl sorry ali ernie he is incredible as well in this absolutely amazing as the sheriff slash hoyt we kind of see that he's called hoyt in in the original one as well but in, sorry in the uh, in the prequel but what a performance such an unnerving performance when he's got them kids uh by the <laughs> and there's a good element of dark comedy in this as well which is also a a kind of a callback to the original how toby hooper always said that the original was a black comedy i don't agree it was but there's a bit of comedy in a few of these scenes and that one scene where he's wants to put the girl's dead body in his boot and he's like that's everyone's like that's not really police protocol but a just great performance now i'm not saying for a second that this movie has had or is going to have the cultural impact that the 1974 movie had and people are probably you're probably thinking right now well it's a it's higher up in your ranking but it's it's higher up because i enjoy the film more i'm not saying it's kind of a more important film the texas chainsaw massacre the original 1974 is one of the most important movies in cinema history it changed the game completely now i'm not saying this movie definitely did not change the game but 
this movie does that movie so much justice. It's got an incredible story, incredible cast, incredible feel. It's shot so well. It's got enough elements in there to kind of pay tribute to that original without ripping it off, without shitting on it, and without completely making that original irrelevant. It's just that perfect mix. And as I say, out of all the horror remakes, this, unfortunately, this is kind of a double-edged sword because because this movie was so good and because it was so successful, that spawned pretty much every single other franchise to have a remake and a reboot, which, as we've found out, have not been as good and have not been as successful. But in general, if you're going to remake a horror movie, this is how you do it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Remake, for me, is an absolute masterpiece of, of remaking ability. I love, There's so many callbacks, you know, the whole thing with the different hitchhiker as well. That whole scene is fantastic in the van. This movie as well feels like it's shot in 1974. This movie feels like I'm watching something in 1974. Not like that bullshit that was served to us in Texas Chainsaw 3D, where not one, not for one second did that feel like it was set in the 70s or the 90s, whenever it was meant to be shot. This feels like it's in the 70s. This movie feels like it, definitely. I just love it. I love the ending of the movie, as I said, with the chase from the factory to the gas station. It, I would have actually enjoyed maybe a sequel to this, but because Leatherface gets his gets the bottom of his arm cut off, we don't, you know, he survives, but we don't see, you know, what happens next. I don't think we need another entry in this. I think those two films on their own are pretty much perfect. Um, but yeah, we get to the gas station, you know, Jessica Beale's character, I think it is, she saves the um, saves the baby, We see she kills the sheriff, she's, she's off, and with the last thing we see is Leatherface, you know, going crazy, because pretty much all of his family have been killed, and we have a survivor, who, who, of course, is going to be completely messed up from the events that she's just gone through, but... She survived, you know, she survived and she takes the, uh, bar Jed, the little boy, you know, she, he's on his own. So just Leatherface and Jed and Jed does not like Leatherface. <laughs> um, a great final scene as well. The final scene, kind of like an extra scene, isn't it? With the whole CSI team investigating the home and they find Leatherface and that kind of almost sets up another movie, but I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they went through the prequel route and did the beginning because that just fits perfectly. And those two movies are just insane. So... Number two, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the remake. For me, the best remake ever made and an a fantastic entry in this franchise. Which means, coming in at number one, my number one entry in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise is Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Now, I have done a full episode on this movie. It was the second episode that I recorded for the podcast. So if you want to listen to my whole thoughts on this movie, scroll down to the bottom of your iTunes feed, bottom of Spotify feed, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening to us, Anchor, wherever at all, and listen to that because obviously that episode is over an hour long and it's just me talking about this movie non-stop. But let me talk a little bit about it here. But if you want my full thoughts, go and check out that review. But I absolutely adore, adore Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. 
ever since the first time I watched this movie, it was my favourite entry in the franchise. And that was before I'd seen a lot of the other ones as well. Um, I just love everything about it. I love the campy 80s slasher feel of this movie. That is totally my bag. Um, so obviously if you're into kind of your gritty, darker ones, a lot of people would probably pick, you know, the remake or the original as their top one. Campy 80s slasher, man, that is my bag. The neon colouring, the soundtrack, everything about this movie I just love. I class it as the perfect Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise movie for my tastes, you know? We have a slightly different version of Leatherface. He's much more... Uh, he's much more... Uh, what's the word? Oh, what, what am I trying to say? He's much more slasher-esque he's much more cartoony if that were if that's the word i'm looking for he's much more polished to what he was in the original movie and obviously toby hooper he created this one as well he created this one as well as the original one and he wanted to make his movie and i have to applaud him because what the finished product here was just brilliant i absolutely love it dennis hopper um as lieutenant lefty is fantastic and I'm just going to throw it out there right now. One of my all-time favourite horror movie characters. The legend that is Bill Moseley as Chop Top Sawyer. Now, Chop Top is one of the most over-the-top, incredible-looking, crazy, insane horror movie characters. And from the second that he came on screen, the first time I watched this movie, and the second he came on screen... I fell in love with this character. I just think it's so well done. It fits perfectly into this this movie. I just love it. You know, Caroline Williams as Stretch. Bill Johnson, as I said earlier, did a great job as Leatherface. Um, Tom Savini, special effects. What more could I say that's good? But let me say some more good things. Uh, you know, we had Jim Sidow as Drayton Sawyer. This was his last ever movie, I believe. And what a way to go out. What a way to go out because what... A... He played... I mean, we don't really see what he's called in the original. I think we just call him the cook. But in this one, we find it's called Drayton Sawyer, which again has gone on to become a very iconic character in its own right. Uh, he's the best barbecue in Texas. It's just fantastic. There's not much I can say now that I didn't already cover in my review. But for me... Every time I love this movie, I just love it more and more. Uh, it's a cult classic, and it might not be at the top of everybody's lists, and I, you know, I totally understand that. But for me, it's just I just love this movie to pieces. I love this movie to pieces. I love the cast. I love the feel. I love Leatherface. I love Chop Top. I love Stretch. Um, oh, just oh, LG. I love LG. Oh, the effects. The the chainsaw battle. Everything about this movie I absolutely like. And yes, I totally, totally agree. It's nothing like the original. It's a totally different feel. But it works. It just works for me. So coming at number one, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. So that wraps up our ranking video. That went much longer than I expected, to be honest. I thought we were only going to talk for like 45 minutes. But I went into each movie with quite a bit of detail and the reasoning for me behind what I like, what I don't like about each movie, and what and uh, the reasons everything was in the order it was. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. So just to sum up, let's go through the ranking again. Number eight, 
Texas Chainsaw 3D. Number seven, the 2017 prequel, Leatherface. Number six, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3. Number five, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 4, The Next Generation. Number four, Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Beginning, the prequel to the se- to the uh, to the remake. Coming to number three, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the nineteen seventy four Toby Hooper classic and masterpiece. Coming to number two, the two thousand three Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, and coming to number one, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. So. I hope you've all enjoyed this week's episode of Slasher Street Podcast as much as I've enjoyed uh, recording this week's episode. It's something I've wanted to do for a very long time. I think we're probably going to say we'll do a ranking video maybe every 10 episodes because I really want to focus on a particular movie each week. But I really enjoy doing these franchise rank the franchise episodes. If you didn't see the first one we did, I ranked the entire Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. I think that's either episode six or seven. But scroll down the feed, you know, on iTunes or wherever you're listening to us, and you'll be able to check it out, my ranking of the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Just to caveat that as well, it's my own opinion. It's definitely different to the ones... (laughs) It's definitely different to a lot of people's uh, uh, ranking anyway. 100% different. Uh, But I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I'm not sure which movie we're going to rank next in, say, ten weeks' time, which is crazy. That's like nearly two and a half, three months away. Uh, But we're going to do it again in probably nine or ten episodes time nine or ten weeks time we'll maybe do friday the 13th that's kind of the next big one isn't it or halloween um we'll see i kind of want to save halloween for halloween you know that's kind of what i have planned so when halloween rolls around that's when that's going to get covered um so i hope you enjoyed this episode do let me know your ranking of the texas chainsaw massacre franchise if you've seen them all let me know uh, in the comments on uh, facebook let me know in private message however you want to get in touch let me know. Uh, make sure to give our Facebook page a like, Slasher Street Podcast. Just search Slasher Street Podcast in Facebook and give us a like. Sharing so many hilarious horror memes all week, and it's the best way to keep up to date with all the latest news and episodes on the podcast. Coming up next week on the podcast, I was quite torn about what movie to to review next week. There's kind of two that I that I've been really wanting to do, um, and I th- although they're not really slasher movies, they are definitely very iconic um horror movies so i think they're kind of set on the two movies that we're going to do next in the next two weeks so coming up next week is actually a movie that was requested a little while ago and it's taken me a while to get around to it so next week we're going to be talking about the return of the living dead one of the most campy rock and roll horror movies ever created obviously Tom Matthews, one of my absolute favourites, is on that movie, and uh, so many more. So I'm really excited for that. So next week, we're going to be talking about The Return of the Living Dead, and then the week after that, we're going to be talking about something a little bit special, because we're going to be talking about an anthology movie, because, you know, we've not done an anthology movie, so why the hell not? And then, so the week after that, we're going to be talking about Creepshow, the original Creepshow. So really excited. So the next two weeks are going to be really fun, really classic campy 80s movies loving it next week we're gonna do the return of the living dead then the week after that we're gonna do creep shop so tune in for the next couple of weeks we're gonna have some really special things going on that's gonna be absolutely awesome really excited so anyway everyone 
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've all had an awesome, awesome week. I really appreciate your support. Make sure to give us a nice review on iTunes. Give us a five star. It really helps. Give us a five star. Go on. You know you want to. Give us a five star. Uh, If you're on uh, Google Podcasts or any of the other ones, make sure to give us a share. Let your friends know. Really, the more the listeners are really going up at the moment. So I'm really, really, it's so worthwhile to know that people are enjoying and know that people are listening to the podcast. Uh, it really does make a difference. Kind of makes me more, you know, makes me more upbeat about the whole thing. Uh, so I'm really excited about how the podcast is going at the moment. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, again, if you had any movies that you want to request, just let us know. Um, we're going to, uh, I will make sure to try and uh, get them. We had someone comment on the page this week with fantastic, really nice comments. So thank you so much. Don't have your name up front, but um, you probably wouldn't want your name said on the podcast anyway. But, uh, you know, big thanks for that. I really appreciate it. it. Makes it really all worthwhile. And I will make sure. So we've got a few movies. We've got kind of a good thing, uh, a good amount of movies to look forward to over the next few uh, few weeks. But, you know, if you have a movie that you want me to record, uh, sorry, review, uh, just just let us know and I will make sure to try and include it in a future episode. Uh, but for now, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Have a really good week. Have a safe week. Lockdown is being less restricted. We're allowed out the house. We're allowed barbecues. We're allowed to socialise. We're getting back to normal. The football's back next month. The pubs are reopening soon. Life is slowly getting back to normal. Very slowly, but it's slow getting there we're going in the right direction so everybody stay safe keep yourselves active keep your mind you know healthy keep your mind positive and we'll see you all next week so without any further ado everyone remember if you're watching horror movies stay scared my eyes are deceiving me what you see is real What's done is done, and what I've done is right. It's the work of science. Yeah.